All right, uh, it's time once again to talk some pirate baseball on the Point of Pittsburgh podcast. Uh, I'm your co-host, Kevin Cray. And then I'm Steve DiMasselli. Steve, what's going on, man? How are you doing? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. Really, uh, really nice day today. Really mm. uh, some very, very good news. Um, so we normally record this on a Wednesday night, but we, uh, you know, just based on circumstances, had to push to record on Friday. And boy, oh boy, am I glad we did. Yeah. I mean, talk about it like an all-time fortuitous, you know, thank you, FAA, F- FAA for ruining our podcasting plans. <laughs> um, yeah. So we're just going to jump right into it and uh, talk about the return of Andrew McCutcheon, the prodigal son, uh, signed earlier this morning in a kind of a semi-weird 9 a.m., 9.30 a.m. Uh, news drop to a one-year, $5 million deal, I believe. Is that correct? Yeah, it's a one-year, one $5 million deal. So when you get to be 36, unless you're, you know, like Nelson Cruz, you pretty much are resigned to signing one-year deals. It's like the equivalent of don't buy green bananas uh, in Major League Baseball. So I kind of hope that at the end of this season, he will essentially be turning 37 in October. I really hope this is the swan song and that, um, that he can go out as a pirate at the end of this year. That is the dream, isn't it? Um, I, you know, I, I don't know if he's got more in his tank beyond this season. I mean, last year he was 0.3 F4. He was a little higher at baseball reference one at 1.1, and he had a 700 OPS. So it's not like he's completely in the tank at this point. Like, he's still a useful baseball player at this point. Um, you know, the question is, uh, can he... Um, you know, can he bounce back this year? And if he can bounce back, I could totally see him playing another year. I mean, couldn't you? So, you know, I'm I'm usually pretty analytical, pretty cold-hearted, but uh, I honestly don't really even care about his stats this year. I'm here just for the vibes. And I kind of, you know, the Pirates needed a good piece of PR. They got it. The Pirates are trying to get some old heads in the locker room this year between Carlos Santana, uh, McCutcheon, Rich Hill. So they're definitely trying to get some experience injected into this locker room. And uh, who better than Andrew McCutcheon? So for me, I, I don't even care. And that's really weird coming from me. You know, I'm always saying that if you're not productive, you got to get shipped out and, you know, put them on an ice flow and send them out into the ocean. But um, that's kind of where I'm at with him right now. It's it's a shame, you know. I'm looking over his numbers, and if you look at his plate discipline on Fangraphs, and you just see that steady decline on contact percentage and zone percentage, and to me, that's just it's indicative of bat speed um, because his Walk rate and his K rate are relatively stable. Obviously not like his peak years, but to me, it, it, the bat speed's pretty much gone, and that's where you see some of those deflated numbers, unfortunately. 
Yeah, the nice thing is that he started out with incredible bat speed to begin with. Oh, so, yeah. you know, you can you can lose some of that and and still it's it's like being a fast guy in 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 sports in general. Like you your longevity in terms of your career is extended because you're starting out from such a high level. So, um even with reduced bat speed, I mean, I'm sure he's still he's still going to be able to get around the zone and 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 hit some fastballs out, you know. Um one of the things that I'm looking forward to, and and we can go into this if we want, but I mean, at this point, unless he has like a crazy, you know, uh, Barry Bonds, you know, post 35 resurgence, I mean, he's not even going to be close to a candidate for the Hall of Fame. And even if, uh, even if he is a candidate for the Hall of Fame, then people are going to suspect nonsense and some shenanigans. But, um, uh, the reality of it is, is he's also go- looking like he's gonna, you know, accomplish some career milestones as a pirate this year. It looks like he's gonna get two thousand hits this year, in all likelihood. He's also uh, very, very close to three hundred home runs. I mean, again, not you know, those aren't like you know, um, markers for a, uh, a, a a a Hall of Fame career. But they are markers for a very good career, and I'm very excited to see him get those accomplishments as a pirate. This is probably the best time to uh, publicly apologize to Andrew McCutcheon. I'm sure he's going to start subscribing to the podcast now that he's back in town. So I read an article at T-Pop, and it was probably uh, in 2015, if I had to guess. Um, where I said that Andrew McCutcheon was on the precipice uh, of a Hall of Fame path. Mm. Uh, yeah. So just a I little, remember that piece. Yeah, it was really good. I liked it a lot. Um, because he was coming off of a 7.3, 8.1, 7.4, and in the midst of a 6.0 war season. That's a four-year run Yeah. that we appreciated but i don't know if we really truly appreciated how great it was i mean he was he was a top 3 player in mlb he he won a mvp and um he was right there in the top 5 voting for 3 or 4 years straight it was 4 years yeah 4 years yeah and you just thought you were on a gravy train with biscuit wheels at that point and he kind of went he didn't go full Grady Sizemore. He went half Sizemore. He just fell off a cliff starting in 2016. Um, and he, he's still with the power numbers. Like if you just look at his power, just straight dingers, you know, chick stick ding, dig dingers. He went from 23 home runs in 2015 to 24 and 28 the next two years. But um, the average drop precipitously, the, uh, WRC plus went from 150s, 168 range down to a 105, 122. So he went from MVP level to, hey, this guy's pretty good level. And unfortunately, that just he never recovered from that. Um, he had a you know some minor tweaks, but he was still playing 155 games all the way up until 2018. Uh, and, and it was only really when he got to the Phillies in 2019 that he had some knee issues that, that kept him out in 2019. 
Um, it's, I, I think we just need to appreciate what we had while he was here. And uh, it does make me a little sad because I honestly thought he was going to be the, uh, the next pirate in the Hall of Fame going in with the, with the pirate hat on. Yeah, I, I thought there was a really, really strong chance of that too. But um, he's not the only guy to, to hit that wall. And I mean, he kind of peaked a little early. Um, I, I mean, I think that was his 2016 would have been his 27 not year. 29. Would it, that would have been his 29 year? Yeah, age 29 in 2016. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, then that's that's perfectly normal. But the you know that 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 twenty fifteen was his um, uh, that twenty fifteen was his peak year. You know what I mean? That's that's mm-hmm. perfectly normal. But that being said, um, you normally don't fall off as fast as he did. I think he went from you. You, you said like, a, did you say it when you were just chatting? I can't remember. Yeah. Twenty twenty fifteen was a six war year, and then twenty yeah, okay. twenty sixteen was a one point one. <laughs> yeah, that's not that's not what you're looking for. That's for sure. You most of the time people don't don't drop, you know, by you know, by 80%, you know, uh, from one year to the next. That's not a normal. When I was looking at aging in baseball players, that is not the uh that wasn't the gap. I can't remember this how how it worked, but or or exactly what the percentage of drops were, but that was not it. It, was, so, it wasn't that. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Okay. So he peaked at the normal time. Like I, if I remember correctly from that re- that bit of research that I did, 28 was when you peak as a fielder. So he was starting his decline at the right time. But his, boy, oh boy, did he, uh, he, he almost, he went from 20, uh, he went from 28 to 35 in one season. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it, it's, it's a shame. Um, you know, and, and he debuted at age 22, which mm-hmm. it, in today's day and age, you know, it's like once you draft a guy out of high school, the, the running joke is, oh, well, we'll see that guy in five years. Um, you know, we're, we're starting to see some of that fruit bear with, with Quinn Priester maybe this year and uh, to a lesser extent Mike Burroughs. I mean, it just takes time. So for him to come up at age 22 and really be uh, just plug and play at that point, there there were no true hiccups or anything like that. It was just, let's go. And then he just leveled up starting in uh, really 2012, but he was still climbing up, up until that point. But 2012 is when he just put on a, a four-year dazzling run. Yeah. Oh, no question. And and I the one thing that I am a little concerned about, and you can agree or disagree with me on this, but there are fans that are going to come into the season knowing that Andrew McCutcheon is 36 years old and that he is going to not be the Andrew McCutcheon and that he hasn't been the Andrew McCutcheon of 2015. I am slightly concerned that this is going to tarnish his reputation for some of those, you know, extreme yinzers, especially if he struggles out of the gate, you know, in April and May. Like, we've seen him struggle in April and May, like, every single year of his career. He's not a <laughs> fast starter, you know. I mean, do you yeah. have thoughts on that? No, I mean, that's a good point. I mean, everybody loves it here in the depths of January winter, but... You're right. Once everyone's out there and uh, 
middle of April and he's not, you know, chasing down Paul Goldschmidt for the MVP like he was uh, low those many years ago, you are going to hear a couple jags from the upper deck uh, booing him. And that's that's a shame because I, I really, really hope that doesn't happen because this just feels like it's a goodwill tour. Um, me personally, I'm of the opinion I'd see what Starling Marte's price is and just try to trade <laughs> for him. And let's just let's just run it back. We could have. Uh, I mean, honestly, I think Marte, of the three of them, is the guy I would put in center right now. I would probably run it McCutcheon, Marte, Reynolds, from left to right. No, actually, let me switch that. I'd go Reynolds, Marte, McCutcheon from left to right. Okay. That's what I would well, do. Well, the good news is is the Pirates do have two pieces of the Andrew McCutcheon trade in the outfield this season. So, um, yeah, that's exciting, right? Yeah. So, so they, they absolutely won that trade. <laughs> no we have, questions. We have, no we have finally settled that. I mean, I'm pretty sure that one's been settled for quite some time. Oh. So, but there's, there's still people fighting that civil war too. Are you serious? Oh. I've not seen anybody fighting that in, in quite some time, but oh. I mean, I'm sure if you go to some dark corner of pirate Twitter, you can easily find that argument. Somebody on our uh, somebody on our old stomping grounds of uh, only bucks net the uh, the <laughs> message board that we met on. Yeah, somebody over there is saying that they they still lost the Andrew McCutcheon trade. That's the that's the bumble of our pirates friendship. <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> We're nerdy pirates friends meet. Yeah. yeah. So, but anyway, all right. Um. I'm trying to think of anything else that I wanted to say about McCutcheon, but um, anything else that you wanted to add? No, I mean, it's, it's, it's good vibes. Um, you know, it, is this a, is this a pirate team? I, I will say this again. I, I've been saying it, like I said, I mentioned it last week. If somebody at work asked me if I just accost some random stranger in giant Eagle or talk to a homeless guy, I always tell them, 2023, you're going to start to see the critical mass of talent come up from the minors, and the Pirates are at least going to flirt and be in the, be within spitting distance of playoff talk, you know, at least into August. I, I firmly believe that. And I really believe that this team is going to make the playoffs next year. And it's not going to be because Andrew McCutcheon, Rich Hill, and Carlos Santana are on the team in 2024 but I think they're going to impart some wisdom. They're going to help build a culture and they're going to take the burden off of guys like Quinn Priester, Mike Burroughs, even guys like um, Ronzi Contreras uh, and, and even O'Neill Cruz. They're going to be the deflection shield for those guys and let them maybe develop a little bit out of the spotlight and, and I, that, that sounds kind of weird, but I think you kind of know what I'm talking about, that all the eyes are going to be on, hey, look what Andrew McCutcheon's doing, not right. what's what's O'Neill Cruz doing, or why isn't Rodolfo Castro hitting well, you know? Right. 
Yeah, all eyes are going to be on Kutch at the beginning of the season, and and that is good news. Um, you know, he can take the heat. He's been here before, you know, but uh, not that he's gotten a ton of heat while he was here, you know. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if veteran leadership was what the uh, the front office sought out to, if that was goal number one when they went into this offseason, then 100% mission accomplished. And I think these guys have warts, and there's a lot of things that I've and decisions that they've made that I haven't necessarily agreed with. But if that is what they're trying to do, if this is, if that was a stated goal of the organization to add veteran presence to the locker room, then they have won that, you know, they already won that before this signing. And now it's like next level. Like it's a, they went from B plus to probably a plus at this point for veteran leadership. All right, so here's a question for you. You gotta, you, can't, you gotta pick a side. Can't hem haw this one. Is this an, a a team that's going to win 82 games and have a winning season? No. I still don't think they're there yet, but I think that they are getting closer. I mean, I do think that having McCutcheon on the team makes them about a win better. Um, I don't. I, I think that the. I do think this signing makes a lot of sense from the optic sense and the feel good sense. But I, I again, I you know, I, I think that you know, and, and I don't really care about the rest. I agree with you on that one hundred percent. I don't care about the rest. But is it going to make this team that much more competitive? I, I can't say that it is unless he really bounces back from the season that he had previously you know i mean if he can get back to being a two-win player and i don't think that that's insane to think that he can uh, then yeah i think that you know then maybe we're starting to approach that level um but again i it's a 70 to 75 win team is what i said before and i think i'm leaning more i i, I think i'm feeling better saying that it's closer to the 75 than the 70 at this point with with McCutcheon on board. But I don't think he's going to be the difference maker that's really going to push them over the edge and have them fighting for uh, to keep their head above water in terms of 500. Um, you know. I don't, I don't know if I'm just drinking a whole bunch of hopium right now or, or what's going on, but I, I'm not going to say that they're going to be 82 wins, but I think this is like a they're going to finish like 79 or 80 wins. And I, and I think, and I, I, I really think we talk about this all the time. There's two pirate seasons. There's April 1st and then there's June 1st. There's two opening days. And I really think that you're going to see the, the young pitching come up and you're, I think you're going to have a very stabilized lineup and it's not too much of a stretch to look at this bullpen and what they've done. And they've just got some dudes. You know, they have Bednar, who hopefully is not going to get, a, you know, physically abused by Shelton again this year. And they have depth in that bullpen. Um, they just don't have those difference makers in the rotation yet. Uh, and I think that's the only thing that's holding me back from saying this team is going to finish above 500. But... I think they're going to surprise people, and I think they're going to flirt with the playoff race in, in later than people would think. I think if we're going to – for that to happen, we're going to need to see a few things. I mean, one, we're going to need to see the excellent Brian Reynolds this year. I mean, that's 
star players got a got a star, and that is is what he needs to do. Um, I agree with you that those impact rookies need to come up and have an immediate impact. But I also think we need to see one or two guys in the rotation take huge steps forward. And that means, you know, Mitch Keller maybe taking it uh, a step up from being a, a we'll say, I'm, I'm going to call him a 3.25 right now <laughs> is where I put him in a, uh, in a quality rotation. Uh, I, seeing him actually step up to being closer to a 2 uh, Ronzi Contreras, you know, continuing his development and becoming the kind of pitcher that we think he can be. And, and again, he's still super young. Like, I, I mean, I don't think we've talked about how young he is uh, relative to other pitchers. But, you know, as far as rookie pitchers go this this season, he was a baby. Like, I don't think there were many um, pitchers that made a successful debut at 22 this past season. So he's a very young pitcher coming in so we could see him take some huge steps this year I don't think that's crazy uh, even JT Brubaker I could see him you know taking if he can take the from you know being kind of we'll call him a 4.25 to being like a three ish pitcher which I don't think is crazy to think he can do um, he's done it for stretches um, he just can't put together a full season if he can do that um, then I think they're going to be great. I mean, you know, again, you know, I, there, there's fewer question marks now than there were before. Like the question marks at this point aren't like, is this guy actually a major league player? The question marks are, can this guy perform at a higher level than he's currently performing at? Again, Brian Hayes, if he can OPS close to 700, again, that's another thing that could could push it. I mean, if he OPS is close to 700, like with his with his glove. Um, or not close over 700, you know, I mean, he's, he's, he's pushing five war, you know? So, um, I am, uh, you know, I, I'm still skeptical because all of these things have to happen. There's still a lot of things that haven't happened that need to. So I'm going to be skeptical until I see that. But I, I mean, there's, there's, there's reason. I, I do agree with you that there's reason for hope, but you, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to be, uh, until there's, I actually see it happen and there's like physical evidence that it can definitely happen. I'm going to be a little, I'm going to still be a little reserved in my judgment. Well, but 82 or even 79 wins though. And I'm sorry to interrupt, but uh, even 79 wins, I think it's still a massive step forward and positions themselves for that, you know, run to the playoffs in 2024. I think that becomes real realistic if they end up at 79 wins this year. The good news about Brian Reynolds is that 2023 is an odd numbered year. So, right. so he should be, um, he should have that above average season you were talking about. Now, with McCutcheon, he's probably not going to be an everyday starter, probably. Um, but where would you bat him in the lineup? Hmm. Mm-hmm. Let me think about this. Yeah. Um, Cruz would be still one, I would think. Um, I think you put Reynolds too. I think you put one of the, um, one of the first base guys, three. Um, now just, just hang on one second. You have, you have O'Neal Cruz leading off. Yeah. I mean, that's where he was last year. I mean, it seems like that's where they want to use him. That's not where I have him. That's not where Steve DiMaselli has them. Yeah. That's where that's where the the, the pirate staff has him. You know, and, and I'm not going to deviate from that. I mean, I think that's realistic to think that that's where he's going to be. Um, I don't want him leading off. I would much rather him be a two or a three hitter. You know, personally, um, or a little further down the uh, the lineup. Yeah. Um, 
I still am not sure. I'm still not sure if this lineup is uh, is good enough to have him, Andrew McCutcheon, that is, hit lower than four. I kind of think that that's probably where he ends up. But the good news is, is it does push Hayes down the lineup a little more. Um, yeah. Again, he's very much miscast as a number two hitter or a number three hitter. He's he's not that good at the plate or he's struggled at the plate. So because of McCutcheon's presence, you know, he's going to be able to 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 be in a low lower pressure role. I think Hayes goes from two three to probably five six, which is you know, still maybe not ideal like where his output has been. I'd still rather him be a seven eight nine guy, but it's better. It's better than it was before. Um, but I, yeah, I'm thinking four. I mean, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, personally, I would not have Cruz leading off. I, but you know, the stats do bear it out from last year. That that was where the majority of, well, I wouldn't say the majority, but uh, it's probably about a fifty-fifty between first spot and every other spot. That's where Cruz was, but. Um, I guess I would probably be thinking that at this point in his career, maybe have McCutcheon at five. Okay. You know, I'm yeah, just, I mean, I can buy that too. Yeah. I mean, I think it depends on whether or not you have Choi and Santana. If they're both in the lineup on a given day, then I think that makes sense to have him there. But I yeah. also don't really want them in the lineup on the same day all that often, because that means one of them is hitting against an off platoon player or an off platoon pitcher i would much prefer to see them yeah. you know against uh you know their opposite number I, i'd like to see them in a pretty straight platoon personally yeah i think if you have Choi slash santana as your as your cleanup and then mccutcheon is your five reynolds is your three uh man but then castro he, maybe then yeah but oh I'm just trying to find a good spot for Cruz. I want him in one of the, I want him in the three, four, five somewhere. Maybe if McCutcheon. Oh, at, I got you. What about McCutcheon at two? I just don't. I I don't know about. I just don't know if he. Well, maybe I guess it's it's possible. I, I mean, again, you're talking about how his on base and you know contacts skills have gone down. I just don't yeah. know if I love him at the two at this point. But I mean, I guess it's possible. I mean, if you're really trying to push, if you're really trying to push um, uh, Cruz off of the leadoff spot, then I can I can definitely see why that would make sense. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll have plenty of time to formulate some sort of uh, lineup for that, um, mm -hmm. and that's a but that's a fun problem to to work out. As we're thinking about this exercise, though, this really does take a lot of pressure off of Jack Sawinski. I mean, he's probably going to slide from – he's he probably was the guy that was going to occupy the five hole. Um, and, and Castro as well, too, possibly. So they're going to slide them down the lineup. And I, I guess it really does extend the lineup and is going to make this a lot deeper because those guys are going to be at the six or the seven. And that's that's not bad based on what their rookie-level production was. I mean, I, I don't hate the two of them there. Oh, you know who we forgot? Who do we forget? Uh, we forgot the leadoff guy, Austin Hedges. Oh. oh, boy. Yeah. Oh, boy, oh, boy. Yeah. I don't know how we forgot Austin Hedges' leadoff. 
Yeah. That's exciting. Mm -hmm. That's the, the prospects of that. Well, guys, this was the Andrew McCutcheon show. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Yeah. What else you got, Steve? That's it. I think we, uh, I think we were both very excited about the signing and it was exciting. It was great to wake up to, yeah. um, you know, cause it, it already broken by the time I got out of bed this morning. So it's like the fourth or fifth tweet that I saw on, on Twitter this morning. And I wanted to find my old crusty, um, Andrew McCutcheon, uh, t-shirt Jersey that I used to wear, but it's, uh, it, it's long gone at this point. I don't think, I don't even know if it made it to the West coast to be honest with you. Oh, man. It was just not in uh, it, it was ratty. It was like permanently wrinkled. I don't know how that happened. Um, but, uh, I would have worn it as bad as it would have looked. I would have worn it today if I had it. <laughs> well, yeah, it's, uh, it's exciting times and, um, I can't wait to see the reaction. He's going to clearly get a standing ovation on, opening day and it's well deserved he's one of the uh i'm gonna i'm gonna hazard yeah this isn't no this isn't hard to say he's the best pirate in the pnc park era 100 percent. yeah it's not even close 100 percent. yeah all right well until next week uh i am still kevin cray i'm steve dimaselli all right thank you very much for joining us <laughs>